Hi friends, welcome back to the My Brave Brain podcast. I'm your host, Cami Lutz, and thank you for joining me on this journey towards creating an awareness and acceptance towards mental health and wellness. Welcome to episode 28. That is absolutely insane. I am, what, this is the 10th month of doing this podcast. I was looking through all of the episodes the other day, and I was just like so excited to see it and just really happy that I've been able to stick with it for this long, even though we've had a few few moments where um I was like is this do I need to take a break do I need to um, like what can I do to enhance um this podcast and enhance the experience of it and like how can I do better how can I grow and like what can I learn through this as well and I think that um what I'm talking about today is Um, something that I'm going to be talking about in general and then possibly describing how it has affected my life. And it's something that the majority of the population don't know about because there's a lot of interesting phenomenons that occur within the mental health community that I would love to talk more about. And if there's any that you all know of that you would like me to kind of read about or talk about or even want to come and talk with me on it, um, talk about it with me on this podcast or just like send me the links to anything. I would absolutely love that. I love talking to people. I love getting to chat with you guys. And so please like DM me on Instagram. Like I, I don't really, um, like I, I, I'm trying to get better at Instagram. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not good at like finding an aesthetic. I feel like I see so many people's, um, like health accounts or fit fits does or whatever. And like, they're so like, like, um, oh my God, visually pleasing, like to the eye. And I just like, can't like, I don't know. I just, I'm not like cute and girly like that. Like I, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm girly, but I'm just, I suck at technology and learning how to use it. So bear with me. I'm trying to get some help from whoever I can take it. <laughs> I am posting more on my stories. I've been sharing a lot of podcast episodes because I've been getting back into listening to my mental health podcast, um, that I love, or just like lifestyle podcasts in general. I've been trying to get back into meditating and journaling. I took some time off and it definitely showed. So I've been trying to get back into that. And I also use this app called Insight Timer that's awesome for meditating, especially if you're someone who's just starting out and wants to listen to a guided meditation. Um, They have some like short and long ones on there. And um, I think you can, it would surprise you how long you're actually able to sit and listen to a meditation. I remember I did one for like either 20 or 25 minutes and I I don't even know how to describe it, but I just felt like I was literally sitting on air, like on a cloud. Like I just felt so amazing afterwards and so calm. And it's incredible to me how much calmer I have felt over the past two or three months um, being off medicine and going to therapy and meditating and journaling and just finding time to like dedicate to yourself really does make a difference and it's so worth it and I could not have felt this way on just like just alone taking medicine like I needed to get back into therapy and all that but that's a little life update and that's totally off topic of what I wanted to talk about for today's episode but I just like to update you guys and um also like know that this podcast overall like is always going to be for me like I'm making this for not to get emotional real quick but like (laughs) I'm making this for my 12 year old self like um I know that she needed this when she um like when I I needed this when I was younger and I needed to know that I wasn't crazy and I needed to know that there were other people out going through the same thing and that I wasn't going to be sent somewhere because of my mind 
um, kind of working against me. And when my um, family first heard of this acronym PANDAS and what it stood for and what it meant, I think we got really emotional because, you know, I mean, like growing up, it was very difficult for my parents who had dealt with mental health within their families. But, you know, I mean, it, it's just like it's mental health is definitely becoming much more um, talked about and discussed and normalized now. But even when my parents were growing up, it wasn't like super talked about. You know what I mean? Like people are always like, oh, well, it just wasn't talked. It's, it wasn't talked about. And like, especially not within the families. And like, I don't know, some a lot of families are still like that today. But I mean, my parents just wanted to help get me better in whatever way they could, but they didn't know how to help me because they didn't know what was happening to me. So for my parents who had been reading books and books and articles and so many like files on their computer, like trying to figure out what was going on. And like, even though they were taking me to um, therapy and I had been diagnosed with OCD, like, I mean, there's still a reason, like what triggered it? Like how did, how does such a severe um neurological dysfunction occur like there has to be something that triggers it and this was just insane like when we found out I I was just like speechless and I almost I literally cried I was like there's no way um so I'll tell you guys how I found out about it so I was actually um at the farmer's market at my university and I am going to say my university I decided it's about time I have it in my Instagram bio but I am a senior at James Madison University and I'm studying psychology and um, minoring in uh, creative writing, but I love JMU and I don't want to leave ever. And yeah, so I was like at the farmer's market and I was looking um, just at different things and then I saw the stand for haha CBD oil, um, just did an episode on CBD and THC and you guys really liked that. So thank you for the feedback and for texting me and um, messaging me. That was really cool. Um, even when people like will come up and talk to me about it, I just, it means the world to know like, oh, people actually listen to me. (laughs) Like, that's really cool. Um, and to feel like I'm heard for the first time, um, when I wasn't as a kid, like not by my parents, like they, they listened to me, but just like not heard by like adults and, um, like doctors and stuff. And so it's just, it does mean a lot to me. Even like one person saying something just means a lot. Oh my gosh. So I'm trying to do this like and slow down my talking because I feel like I always speak really fast. Um, But yeah, so I was at this farmer's market and I saw the stand for this thing. It was, they started talking to me about, um, it it was, it had like the logo was a panda and I was like, what? Like, why is it a panda? Like, oh, that's really cute. And they started to explain to me what pandas was and I was like, oh my God. So pandas is an acronym for pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders associated with strepicotal infections. So that was really long and I'm going to say it again. So PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Strepicotal Infections. So again, I'm going to kind of go over what this is, um, and then I'm going to kind of explain like how we thought it played a role in my experience with OCD when I was younger. Um, so basically what happens is when this occurs, um, autoimmune antibodies, instead of fighting the illness, the um, antibodies instead attack an area of the brain, which is your basal ganglia. And 
in case you're wondering, the role of that area of the brain is um, like part of the roles include um, just like managing emotions, behaviors, and executive functioning. And so if you could imagine having autoimmune antibodies attack that instead of the illness like the hmm, no good and so that does really that leads to a, a neuropsychiatric uh, disorder and so because when so when what happens when um that area of the brain is attacked this leads to um kind of it can lead to ocd like behavior and it occasionally can lead to other things such as um ticks or possible separation anxiety and some a few other things as well. And so in a 2018 article titled Longitudinal Outcomes of Children with Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Strepicotal Infections, um, they describe um, the diagnosis of pandas having to include one, the presence of obsessive compulsive disorder and or tick disorder, two, prepubertal onset, Three, acute onset and relapsing remitting symptom course. Four, temporal association with group A, beta hemolytic strepicotal infections. And five, association with neurological abnormal abnormalities. And so um, that's kind of like the diagnosis criteria um, of that from that article, um, which also did a study with 33 children that were age seven, and they followed them for about four up to like um like the max amount of time they followed these kids was um up to five years or like just under five years and they just followed these kids over um meeting the experience or meeting the diagnose the diagnostic criteria for uh pandas and just like examined them over time in order to compare it to pediatric ocd which is different and so um and i'll explain that different the difference in a second but it uh, in the results, it ended up being that about a, a third of the kids who had been um, given the label or given the diagnosis of pandas eventually were diagnosed with another psych- psychiatric disorder um, over time. And so real quick, I'm just going to differentiate between like pediatric OCD and pandas. And I'm getting all this information just so you guys know on the International OCD Foundation website. Um, if you want to go to this website and learn a little bit more about it, it's kids.iocdf.org. And so um, when looking at the age differences between the two, pandas occurs slightly younger and um, has a broader age range um, in comparison to pediatric OCD. Um, pediatric OCD kind of occurs, it takes like um, a little bit of time for it to set in while um, pandas is like immediate um, and more intense all at once. They do have similar symptoms. Um, however, pandas has um, much more like things with behavioral abnormalities, while as OCD is a little bit more like thought oriented, I guess. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. And then I might be right or wrong, but that's how I interpreted that. And then um, lastly, again, OCD, just the cause of it, OCD like can be because of genetic factors. It can um, be a predisposition to having anxiety disorders and something triggers it while as the cause of pandas is um, because of um, autoimmune antibodies attacking an area of the brain. And so, 
Um, it's really interesting too, because if you look at like OCD in general, in comparison to other pediatric mental illnesses and how um, they are prevalent amongst, amongst children, OCD is the most common, which I think is probably really surprising to some people. Um, and it was, it's definitely very surprising to me when I read that because I was like, I wish that I had known this as a kid because I knew nothing and I don't blame myself for not knowing because I was 11, but God, I wish, I wish that I had known. I wish that there was like a support group for kids. I wish that there was a support group for parents and like, I want to do something like that because I just, my family should not have had to suffer the way that we suffered in just feeling so, at least for me, just feeling so lost and like everybody else had their life together. And if only I had known like the amount of people who did deal with OCD and even now people who come up to me and say like, um, I dealt with a similar situation with OCD before, um, just to know that, you know, like it's, it's terrifying to have your brain work against you and then to come out of that and know that you're capable of coming out of that. But you always wonder like, am I going to go back to that? Like, is there something that can trigger me to go back to that behavior? Um, and it can definitely trigger into other behaviors as well. And so that's always a little, a little scary. And I also just want to make a quick disclaimer that, um, in this study, like there were a lot of, um, similar conditions to Sydenham, um, Korea. And that is another type of, um, thing that occurs with antibodies responding in a um in the wrong way and i just want to say that the difference between um sydenham korea and pandas is that pandas kind of is more reoccurring over time like there's multiple episodes whereas sydenham korea is kind of just like one experience with it um but yeah and so that's kind of what pandas is i mean it they it they started talking about it and like it became a thing in 1998 and that is like really recent. And then even more recent um, is PANS. And PANS is Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. And so like the same symptoms of OCD and like modified behavior and like tics, like that is all also experienced not, they're finding not only just after strep, but also it's occurring after like certain infections, like um, Lyme disease and even the flu virus, which is like just insane how, you know, your body can go from a t- like it can attack the wrong thing and it can be your brain that can lead to um, psychiatric dysfunction. And in case you're wondering how the antibodies could go from fighting an illness to instead attacking the brain, it's typically because illnesses such as strep will make themselves look like healthy cells and so then they get missed and then it spreads um and then when they're eventually recognized as not being the healthy cells that they were disguised as um this might lead you know the brain is a healthy cell and so then it kind of goes off of attacking the disguised healthy cells and then possibly attacking the brain as well and it was interesting when i was reading about this because it said that you can't like test for pandas like it's not like you're testing for I mean testing for strep is part of testing for pandas but as a whole it's like you can't be like oh yep they have pandas like there are many things that go into it and I mean it's you know the age range of um this uh 
behavior occurring and it's typically between like three or four and then the onset of puberty whereas pediatric OCD is much later excuse me and then it's also you know it involves like a history of having the strep infection and um you know evidence of those or abnormalities that they're experiencing and so it's interesting also to kind of examine like how they end up treating people who struggle with pandas and so obviously they have to get rid of strep first so they are able to like prescribe um antibiotics and then from there they will go on to address um more symptoms and you know it's the same basically as addressing um like pediatric OCD or other mental illnesses that involves um possible medication and therapy and support from family and friends you know that's that's what it is and in terms of like age range it's really from what I found it's really only been studied in like children and so yeah that was just yeah so it's it's I don't know I think it's really interesting and um yeah so I'm gonna kind of explain now like my experience um with this and why it was so shocking to me so when I was about, I think I was, I just turned seven and I was in second grade. Is that how old you are in second grade? No, I was eight. Yes, I was eight years old and I was in the second grade. I'm pretty sure that's how, we're just going to go with it. So I was eight years old and um, from the new year over the next few months, I got strep, I believe it was like four times maybe, no, it was five times. I got strep five times within just a few months. And it was like a constant infection to the point where my parents were like, no, you need to get a a tonsillectomy. And so I went in, I got my tonsillectomy. And over the next few years, I would say it's interesting because, you know, again, pandas is not just, um, it's not just OCD like behavior. It's also separation anxiety and for me as a kid I was terrified of being like if I fell asleep in the car and was taking a nap and my mom just wanted to like um I know this is like frowned upon now but like crack the windows and like leave the kid in the car while you take a nap like I promise you tons of parents do it like at least they did like what 12 years ago um it wasn't bad she just wanted to let me sleep and like literally cracked open the windows so I don't want to hear about it um but like if she did that um I like would wake up and get so anxious and I just remember when I was younger too like some people might think this is funny but I would be in Target and I would not be able to find my mom for like five minutes and I would go to the front of Target and I would make them call my mom's name over the intercom or my dad and I would be like you know they would like say that my parents name like over the intercom like Cameron Lutz is up front like you know all this stuff it was so embarrassing um but and then like at night like I had horrible anxiety of like sleeping by myself and I actually (laughs) again like I'm very, I'm, I guess I'm just exposing myself on this podcast. I'm just a very open person, but I had such bad sleep anxiety in terms of I did not want to be separate from my mom. And that was, again, separation anxiety. I would be so scared of not being around her. And she would literally put me to bed. I think she put me to bed like all through middle school because I was so scared of sleeping by myself. Like I would get so anxious and I couldn't sleep and I would have like panic attacks. Like, and I didn't realize that I, you know, I thought that my panic attacks began with OCD, but no, like it began when I was young and I was terrified of, um, like, I always thought that like my parents would leave me, like they would never do that, but it was just, 
this terrible, like this terrible, like thinking that I had all the time. And then of course that led to my OCD like behavior when I was 10 or 11. And just to see how I had such a serious strep infection, like multiple strep infections, and then to get a tonsillectomy and then to experience this separation anxiety and OCD, mainly my OCD behavior, you know, my family was just like, holy crap, you know? And I mean, for me, like, again, my OCD, OCD, like behavior, like I had, um, it was more like to do with my thinking and my thoughts and my beliefs and just my, um, view of the world at just 11. And it was terrifying. It felt like something was literally taking over your mind. Like I had no control over what I thought or didn't think. And if I thought the wrong thing, I would have such horrible anxiety. And like, if you can imagine how hard it is to control your thinking, like it's hard to control your mouth sometimes, but like your thinking, oh my God. Um, and so, you know, like I, um, it was very abrupt, like everything happened so quickly. And so that's why when I was reading like the difference between, um, uh, pediatric OCD, like I know that like it's between like the ages of eight and 12, like that's what they say for that. But, um, I mean, still like, uh, pandas includes like from ages three to four until, like um puberty and like I like I fall in the age range for that and um it just makes so much more sense because everything happened so quickly and it was so so severe so fast and it was also just such bad like separation anxiety like I did when I was researching this I thought it was just OCD that were symptoms that would occur after um yeah like I, I didn't really think about other like, I didn't know there were ticks that you could experience as well. And so just to see that and be like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And again, I don't want to diagnose myself. I don't want to like do a self-diagnosis or anything. And this is still being studied. But the fact that so many people have reported this experience. And I mean, like, in terms of um, overall numbers, it's not like a huge thing where like, oh my God, so many kids have pandas. Like, no, that's not what I mean. I just mean in terms of there's too many people to say it's it's like there's too many people reporting this experience to say that it's not an actual thing um that's what I'm trying to get across and um yeah I mean it's it's incredible and like again like it came to be a thing in 1998 by Dr. Susan Sweeto and since then you know I mean more research has been done on it they're still trying to do more um but I mean this was a really life-changing moment for me to find out about this and to find out about you know to, to have a reason for why your brain reacts the way that it does and like especially as a kid I mean that's just traumatizing and I think this is just a reminder to people to understand that your mind and body are so connected and taking care of yourself is so so important and to be aware of how your your body reacts to things and just to be like to have knowledge and be willing to learn about certain things um, so that we can help each other out when things like this happen and we can then go from there and get the best help possible. And it's crazy too, because I'll tell you like the second I got on medicine, boom, OCD OCD symptoms gone. Um, And as someone who later on, this is what really gets me is because as someone who afterwards had 
um, or has still um, generalized anxiety disorder and depressive disorder, you know, like since then, like the, again, like I know that different antidepressants work for different types of mental illnesses. However, some overlap and can do similar functionings to help. Um, And the medicine that I took for my OCD, I took Prozac and that went away. But then when it came to my new psychiatric disorders, it was like, okay, well, Prozac isn't working and no other antidepressant has been able to work for me. And so it's just crazy how that could work for that, um, which makes me want to link it to my strepicotal infection even more rather than you know, my other experiences with mental illness. And now I'm off medicine, obviously. I talk about that all the time. But I think it's pretty incredible. And I think it's important to be aware of this and to, you know, be able to spread knowledge and share knowledge. And especially if you know someone who, you know, had OCD as a kid or know someone who has OCD, just be like, hey, I mean, did you have strep? Like, you know, are we able to link this? Or I don't know. I think it's really interesting. And I thank you guys for being really willing to um, learn more about, um, how the mind and the body are connected and yeah, just to share knowledge. I think it's really interesting. I want to do more things like this and I, I haven't read Brain on Fire. I bought my mom that book and I want to probably borrow it from her soon so that I can read it and maybe even do like a review on it or do something really like, I don't know. I, I like it though. And I hope you guys found this interesting and I hope that it shared information that you haven't heard before and something that you can absorb and put out into the world and support um, and we can work together as a mental health community. And yeah, so um, I, again, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to be having some guests on soon. I have a few people that I've talked to and I'm so excited. I need to finish like writing interview questions, but I'm so excited for you guys to be able to like hear me talk to people and just hear like, I don't know, the people I've talked to about it are just really uplifting and are just really positive people. And I think that, you know, like sometimes when I listen to other podcasts and you may not know the person, like um, obviously I'm like not famous <laughs> and like I'm not talking to like famous people, but it doesn't always have to be a famous person to like have an impact on your life. Like any person can come up to you and say like one sentence and just have it completely change like your point of view or change your, um, like the way you go about something. And it doesn't matter who it comes from as long as it comes from the heart. And as long as it makes a difference and like can shape you and like help you get better and improve yourself. And even if you don't feel like you need to get quote unquote, get better. There's always room for self-improvement. That's when you should be working on yourself the most is when you feel like you are a hundred percent there. Um, like why wouldn't you want to feel even better than that? And so, yeah, that's kind of what I have to say about this week and be on the lookout for future episodes. Again, I'm back with weekly podcasts and I will be, or weekly episodes. And so I will be back next week. And I hope to talk with you guys then. Until then, um, be sure to follow my Instagram. It's at my brave brain podcast. And I'm trying to be more active on that. Again, if you have tips, I suck at technology. So please DM me ideas and just anything <laughs> because it definitely helps me because I'm just, you know, we're, we're not there. But I just really like interacting with people and yeah. So I hope that you guys know that you are loved, you're enough, you're worth it, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now, even if it does or does not feel like it. And I will see you all next week.